Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, your host, also known as the Private Money Authority. And if you're brand new to the show, a special welcome to you. Here on the show, we talk about all things relating to real estate investing, how to find deals, how to fund deals, uh, how to sell deals quickly, how to automate your business so you're running it and it's not running you. And if you've been tuning into the show, my land, since we launched uh, in June, 2018, we're blowing right on through 300,000 downloads. We appreciate all of our subscribers. So if you're tuning in on iTunes or Google Play or one of those type formats, we really appreciate if you uh, will subscribe and rate and review us and give us five stars. And also if you're new to this show, uh, the reason I'm called the Private Money Authority is because uh, back from 2003 to 2009, I relied on local banks to fund our deals. And I got cut off like the rest of the world in 2009. I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money uh, to where you actually do business with individuals. And uh, so I've got right now about 50 different private lenders investing in our deals. And I also coach and train and educate other real estate investors on how to get funding for your deals. Uh, without relying on banks and mortgage companies and et cetera. So if you'd like to learn all about that and how you can get plugged into the money and get plugged into funding, I've got a free trial for you to come join my membership where I actually do live training twice a month and you get all kinds of content and training inside the membership. It's called the Private Money Academy. And uh, for you to come check it out for free for 30 days, get on over to www.jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash trial, T-R-I-A-L. Glad to have you in there. Now, another thing about the show is that I've had just some amazing experts and guests join me here on the show. And today is no exception. My guest today is a native Austinite. In case you don't know what an Austinite is, that's someone from Austin, Texas. And he's a real estate entrepreneur and he broke into real estate investing first back in 2009 as a passive investor. Well, in 2012, he transitioned into active investing and management as a personal portfolio that grew to 76 units across Austin and the San Antonio areas. Well, he earned his stripes, if you will, building and managing his personal portfolio before moving into much larger multifamily buildings and deals. Well, the name of his company is Wildhorn Capital. Well, at Wildhorn Capital, he's focused on acquisitions, finding deals and maintaining investor relations. Uh, also leveraging his marketing background to build long-term relationships. Well, today his company Wildhorn Capital controls over $200 million uh, in its portfolio and they have over 1700 units in Texas. Well, my guest background is in market research and brand strategy, and he's been spending time in both advertising agencies and emerging technology consultants where he was most recently a partner and an award-winning app developer. That's pretty interesting right there. In addition to that, he received a BS in advertising from the University of Texas at Austin, and he has his MBA from Baylor University. With that, 
Well, welcome to the show, Mr. Andrew Campbell. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Jay, how are you? I am doing fantastic. So you grew up in Austin, Texas, right? Yes, sir. Excellent. Well, my wife, Carol Joy, she's from Wichita Falls, Texas. And so uh, we got a little bit in common right there. So you actually started in real estate uh, back in what year? Uh, kind of 08, 09, um, kind of moved back to Austin around then, right as the world was was ending and, and thought it was a good time to to jump in. Wow. Well, I tell you, that, that reminds me of what I just shared. I mean, I, from 2003 to 2009, I was relying on local banks for my single family house business. And wow, with no notice, I mean, I got like cut off with no notice, but you know what? For me, Andrew, it was a big blessing in disguise because I learned about private money very quickly. And actually within 12 months of being cut off from my funding, our business actually tripled because I had access to the funding. Uh, so I was able to do, you know, so many more deals. So with you coming in back in 2008, 2009, what was your first year or two like? Uh, well, I was probably, you know, one of the guys you might've been borrowing money from then. I think the first, uh, the first few years kind of made some passive investments where I was not real active, you know, kind of borrow lending money and, and, and as a passive investor in some, some ground up deals in Austin, some infill condo developments and kind of, uh, you know, got to see the business happen, got to see things be built, got to see returns come in and, and I think caught the bug a little bit. Um, and really was started looking for creating a little bit more long-term passive cash flows, uh, which, which led me into more on the active side, you know, buying duplexes, fourplexes, and ultimately kind of graduating. And now we're buying, you know, call it 200, 300 unit apartment complexes. I got you. So uh, you and your company is totally focused right now on um, multifamily units, right? Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Austin and San Antonio, our focus is really kind of class B, B plus assets uh, that have some sort of value add component. Um, but, you know, good assets and good location and, and the business plan is to hold them for five to seven years and, uh, you know, make, make everybody a real nice return and just fortunate to be, uh, to be from a, a market that's growing as fast as Austin's growing. Well, now just to make sure our audience understands, what is a B, B plus uh, project or property? So, you know, most properties is kind of a subjective, you know, but A, a B, C properties, maybe a D, people might have D, D properties, which I'm sure they recommend steering clear of, you know, A class is going to be typically brand new, highly amenitized, you know, might be downtown B class, a little bit older, you know, I'd probably say stuff built in the eighties, you know, or nineties, early two thousands, even it's somewhat based on the asset type and somewhat based on the location. Um, you know, but I, I think for us, B, B plus, you know, that's a good grade in school and that's a good grade in, in, in the real estate world. It's, we're not trying to get top of the market rents, but we're also, you know, we've got a good professional base of, of renters, young professionals, teachers, uh, nurses, that sort of thing that, that are, you know, good, good quality folks and looking for, you know, rental property, but, uh, you know, kind of right, you know, sort of middle of the market. Uh, what would you uh, what would you classify or list are the benefits in investing in multifamily versus single family houses? I think efficiency. Um, you know, as I started out, kind of with with, with some duplexes and fourplexes, you, you realize 
the more sort of shared uh, units you have, say under one roof, uh, you just you, it's it's more efficient. So if your roof goes out on a single family, you know you're out twenty thousand dollars on a on an eight unit building. You know it's the same twenty thousand uh, dollars to replace that roof or to replace that concrete, you know, parking lot or whatever the system might be. Um, so I, I think that's a big one. I, I also think as you get into to larger, so Scott, I'm going to need for you to come to the forefront and save the day for a moment because I just lost connection. And uh, I think you all can hear me. I'm going to sign out and sign right back in. So pick it up, Scott. I'll be right back. I don't know if we lost him or not, but uh, continue on, Andrew, because you're live for us. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think they're just more efficient. And, you know, as I saw, and you, you get better, I guess, better management as well is, is something I, I saw that once you can afford and a property is big enough to support on-site management, you get a better quality of manager. Uh, you've got, you know, one, two, three, four people whose full-time job is to oversee and over that, that asset. Uh, and also just logistically of, of, of us as the asset manager, having one place to go where you've got a collection of, you know, 250 units. I think it's a little bit more efficient um, than, you know, kind of if you had 250 single family homes, you're trying to drive around and, and keep tabs on. Um, it's, it's just a little bit more difficult. All right. I'm back with you, Andrew. Sorry, I got bopped off there for a quick second. So you were talking about efficiency and, you know, you got one roof and, you know, it's $20,000 and, you know, you got eight units versus, you know, versus one unit. So let's talk about acquisitions because you focus a lot on acquisitions in the company, right? Yep. Yeah. So how about help us out and understand What's your criteria when you're looking for a deal? What is it that determines what a deal is? And I know that's a multifaceted answer to that question, but uh, at least give us the 30,000 foot view on uh, what's your criteria on whether to buy or not to buy and what are you looking for? Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing for us is it's got to have some sort of value add component, um, you know, whether that's an interior renovation play or it's a land entitlement, but something that, you know, we're buying an existing asset and there's a path, a very feasible path forward to, to increase the value of that asset. Uh, and then we're going to look at location, you know, so we want to be in good locations. We want to be, uh, you know, where we're, we don't want to bet that the city's going to make a left turn. This is going to be in a good area. You know, we, we're pretty strict about our rule of being kind of class B neighborhoods. Um, and I think the final thing is just looking at, at what those investor returns ultimately become. You know, I think our job is very much to to sort of pair, you know, good, interesting real estate plays with, with investors. Um, and it's got to be something that, that we feel like is a good risk adjusted return that that's also competitive and, and that you're, you know, feel good about, you know, taking to your friends and family or investor base that says, hey, this is a play that's going to you know, double your money in five years or, or seven years or whatever that business plan is. Um, so it, it varies a little bit. And to your point, it's, it's very multifaceted, but um, it starts with having a good asset with good bones and, and then a business plan we believe in. And, and then, you know, is it, do we think it'll, it'll make money? So when it comes to funding uh, these deals, um, obviously uh, your, your company uh, raises private capital uh, for some of the funding. Do you do, do you use some institutional funding? Do you have some owners that will actually uh, sell to you on terms or is it all the above? Um, it's, it's all been kind of private individuals. That's where we get our funding. We, we don't have any bunch of institutional partners. Uh, it's been just relationships 
and folks that we know and folks that have heard about us that we've, we've gotten to know, uh, you know, based on our focal ge geographic focus, kind of our, our track record and, you know, just a lot, a lot of recommendations. Um, so it's, you know, putting those together and, and really focused on just, just helping people understand. I think there's other alternatives out there to investing and you don't have to, you know, you can have a small piece of a large deal. And, and if you like real estate, but you want to be passive, um, that's kind of been who our investor base is. All right. So uh, I know it varies. Uh, it varies, you know, <laughs> what year are you in? Uh, it varies on the project, but what's a ballpark type of return that um, your investors can receive these days? So we're kind of on a, typically thinking about things on a five or seven year horizon. Um, you know, so again, I think taking advantage of, of where we're located in Austin and, and, and how much the city's growing, you know, we're not looking to do something in 18 months or two years. So on a five to seven year horizon, typically looking for something that's going to get you sort of a two X or a one eight X multiple on a five year investment. Um, you know, it's going to have some cash on cash. I think that's the advantage of buying, an existing asset is we know kind of going in what that what that's going to look like in Austin right now it's it's been really competitive you know that may be four percent in year one um, but you're going to get some initial cash flow and, and a, you know looking for a total IRR of kind of a low teens uh, maybe twelve to fourteen percent somewhere in there well I was going to say if you can double your money or if somebody can double their money in five years uh, that is a whale of a return right there. Yeah, no, it, it is. And uh, I think that's, you know, when you pair the getting some cash flow with some of the appreciation and being, you know, the advantage of leverage. I mean, we're pretty conservative uh, in, in our leverage, about 68% across our portfolio, but the power of leverage really allows you to, to, to get some outsized returns in real estate. Yeah, for sure. So what are the, uh, what are some different ways that you can increase the value um, you know, of a, um, you know, multifamily, you know, apartment complex uh, pro property. Yeah. The, the, the most straightforward is, is just in improving it, you know, going in, we typically will buy an asset, we'll rebrand it, uh, kind of change the story, update the, the, the look and the amenities, uh, update the clubhouse. So it feels like a newer, more modern property. And then we're going to go update the interiors as well. If it's a deal that was built in the eighties, uh, you know, update the cabinetry, knock out some walls, open up the floor plan, modernize it. When you do that, you're able to raise the rents. You know, maybe you raise them $75 or $100. Uh, but again, if over 200 units, you know, that that's increasing the NOI quite a bit. Um, we've also got some strategies, you know, parking, adding covered parking, uh, adding private pet yards, you know, or, or, or just if you're on a first floor unit, you want your own sort of private space for your kids to run around or a grill or anything, you can charge 75 to hundred dollars a month for that. Um, amenity fees, package lockers. There's lots of little strategies that, that you can employ and, you know, add to the NOI. And at the end of the day, these deals are, I think one big difference with single family is, is these are valued like businesses. So it's based on a cap rate in the market. If you can improve the NOI uh, on a property by a hundred thousand dollars and the cap rate in Austin is a four and a half or maybe sub, you know, maybe it's a 4%, uh, you're getting an outsized return on your value of the, of the dollars you've spent. So that's really the name of the game is finding ways to, uh, to increase the NOI. Is your exit strategy typically to be in a project for five to seven years, add value to it and then sell it? It is, it is. And, and I think a lot of that is driven by, you know, investors. I mean, most investors want to recycle their capital. 
uh, you know, my personal, we've, we've got some personal properties and the goal is to own them forever, you know, long-term cash flows. But when you, when you partner with investors, people want to recycle uh, that capital. And, and the hope is they'll recycle that and potentially you might do a 1031 with those, with those investors. But uh, yeah, typically you're going to sell it in, in five or seven years. Excellent. So, um, so here we are, uh, at least in today's, uh, on today's show, uh, we're still in the midst of COVID-19 and, and the aspects of that. So is now and today still a good time to be investing in melted family with um, whatever consequences and ramifications of COVID-19 that's going on? Yeah, you know, who knows what the world looks like? It changes by the day. Um, we think it is, you know, and I, and I think a couple, couple of reasons, our investment thesis has always been, you know, people need to live somewhere and, and offering that kind of B-class property you know, is, is, is a good thing to do. You know, people are going to not pay their car payment. There's a lot of things you'll do to make sure you got a roof over your head. Uh, we've seen collections be very, very strong, you know, over 98% across our portfolio since the beginning of COVID. So people have, have, if they can pay their rent, they are paying their rent. And so far they've been able to do that. Um, I think when you compare it with other asset classes, you know, we feel like multifamily and industrial have been the two asset classes that are outperforming obviously office is, is a lot of concern about office space downtown across the country the office space in the coasts as people are kind of leaving the coasts uh retail you know a lot of question marks about how fast how many of those businesses come back so you know if you look at what your options are you kind of keep keep cash under your mattress uh or you know do you, do you put it in the stock market and kind of how do you feel about where that's going to be or your multifamily it's always been for us a, a pretty conservative play and not a business. It's, it's get rich slow. Uh, you're not going to go, we're not trying to hit, you know, 30% returns on development deals. We're, we're buying existing assets, conservatives leverage, and, and they have good, good returns. And we, we think that's that thesis has held up so far in COVID and, and certainly we'll continue to look for, look for the right opportunities. Uh, obviously you got to tweak your underwriting and some of your assumptions now with, with as the market softened some, but it's still relative to, to your other options, a very strong, bet. Yeah, I've experienced the same thing here in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, we've got quite a few people that are purchasing single family homes uh, by using our rent to own program. And uh, we are at 100% collecting uh, all the way through uh, COVID-19. And, you know, like you just said a moment ago, people are going to do what they can do, you know, all they can do uh, to keep a roof over their heads. One thing I've heard you say, uh, Andrew, is that in this line of in, uh, this investment class, if you will, uh, to where you offer people, you know, investing in your business and et cetera, really four ways to get returns. And, you know, you talk about cash flow, appreciation, amortization, and depreciation. Can you talk for a minute about what's the difference between those four and what are those four returns and what they mean? Sure, sure. So, you know, cash flow is just it's pretty simple. It's kind of the, the what's left over at the end of the month after we pay all the expenses. And again, a benefit of buying an existing asset, you know, we know how that's performed. So there's cash flow. Uh, and that when we make those distribution to investors, that's a pretty, pretty simple concept. Uh, appreciation, you know, that that's us benefiting from being in a, in a, in a market that's growing really quickly. And there's new people moving here every day. There's new, new jobs. So, so that, uh, the values go up, you know, I think a lot of people talk about 
real estate as an inflation hedge, which is another thing, you know, in today's day and age, where there's a lot of concern about inflation um, with, the, with the Fed and their conversations and, and real estate, you know, if inflation r- runs, people are paying, you know, tomorrow's dollars for, for our, our assets. So it's, it's a nice hedge there, but that's just appreciation is the market uh, saying that, the, you know, your house, you bought it for $200,000 and, and five years later, it's worth $250,000. That's your appreciation. Um, depreciation and amortization are kind of based on the leverage and, and you know the tax structure. So we're able to depreciate these assets. We actually had one advantage of, of large properties, cost segregation. Um, so we can come in, you hire an engineering firm, and rather than taking a, a straight line 27 and a half year depreciation schedule, they break down your property, you know, 200 lines on a spreadsheet and say, well, your roof has a, has a useful value of X years, your appliances, your flooring, your mechanical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we can depreciate about 80% of that property in the first five years, um, which lowers your, you, you get a K1 that shows you, you made little to no money, even though you made, got distributions. Uh, and then amortization is just us paying down the loan. You know, so every month as we pay our, our, our mortgage, uh, we, we own more of the property. And, and so you kind of combine those four aspects and it makes, it's, it's another big advantage of really any, any real estate investing. Uh, but I think from a passive standpoint, um, you know, what, what we're doing multifamily, it gets, it gets pretty powerful. Uh, last question I've got for you, Andrew, what are some of your favorite ways? I mean, you're in acquisitions. What are your, some of your favorite ways to locate these deals? Uh, you know, we just are, are inherently focused on relationships, you know, so we're, we're born and raised in Austin. We're focused on Austin and San Antonio. And, and so we, we pride ourselves on having really good relationships and being very plugged into the, to the community with the brokers and the other owners. And uh, so we want to hear about every, every deal that's coming out and we want to underwrite them and just see where the market's going and trending. And, you know, we want to get the opportunity to buy stuff off market, which we've been successful three or four times or, you know, getting the first phone call if somebody's going to get a listing. Uh, it's just been been very laser focused on our market and, and building relationships here at home. I got you. Well, you can't beat the network. You can't beat the referrals. So um, folks, you've been listening to my special guest today or watching, depending on how you're tuning in to Andrew Campbell. And so Andrew, uh, final thoughts and comments. Uh, no, this, it's been great. You know, I, I, uh, I enjoy talking real estate, uh, and, and, you know, mentoring people or talking through investing. And so if, if anybody is interested in, in reaching out, um, you can see the website here, wildhorncap.com. My email is andrew at wildhorncap.com. Be more than happy to, uh, to have a conversation. You know, I'm kind of a real estate junkie and, and love and have conversations. So would be more than happy to, to reach out to anybody if they were interested in learning more. That's great. So for those of you that are listening in, uh, let me give you that website specifically. It's www.wildhorncap.com. That's spelled W-I-L-D-H-O-R-N-C-A-P.com. One more time, that's www.wildhornncap.com for wildhorncap. And you can reach Andrew um, specifically himself and that email address again, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew at wildhorncap.com. Is that right? That's right. All right. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. All right. Very good. Well, there you have it, folks. Another show, Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. 
I am Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. And here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. We'll see you on the next show. Bye for now.